0: At University of Virginia Health System, we are for sharing the latest health information from top minds to keep you and your family healthy. With UVA Health System Radio, here's Melanie Cole. The UVA Cancer Center offers free assistance to tobacco users wanting to address their addiction to tobacco. My guest today is Connie Clark. She's a tobacco treatment specialist at the UVA Cancer Center. Welcome to the show, Connie. So what are some of the most common approaches you hear or see every day for smoking cessation?
1: Well, I I have to tell you, Melanie, it's a very individual thing. Um, So Basically, when when I have someone that comes to see me, we meet for an hour in person at first um, because, in a perfect world, it would be a one size fits all, but it's not. Um, So, I kind of meet with them to try to figure out what their motivation is, um, how inspired they are to quit, and then we talk about options uh, medications, uh, behavioral changes, and oftentimes it's a combination of both. And also coming back to see me um, really up to a year, um, I try to check in with them to make sure that they've quit and stayed
0: quit. So, how do you help individuals determine which approach is best for them? There's so many ways to quit, and and medications on the market. How do you help someone decide?
1: Um, I do motivational interviewing um, and spend time with them figuring out. Um, is it? Uh, oftentimes, it's habitual behavior that, that comes with the nicotine addiction, um, and figuring out, um, what combination will work for them. If someone suffers from mental health issues, then obviously Chantix is not going to be for them. Um, well, butrin is an option, but oftentimes, uh, it does have its own side effects as well. So it's kind of figuring out what will work for them. Um, worked with somebody this morning who's going to try acupuncture. Um, kind of figuring out where their mindset is and, and what they feel comfortable with.
0: What a hard thing to do, quitting smoking. So what's the first thing you recommend for those people that want to quit? What do you tell them to do day one? Day one, set a quit date. Um, <laughs> because when you set a quit date, even if
1: it's two months from now, um, I think that that is a commitment that they make and helps them formulate a plan. Um, it's helping us work towards a goal, and I think that that's always helpful.
0: So tell us about some resources in the Charlottesville community for those who are trying to quit smoking.
1: So in the Charlottesville community, um, we're very fortunate that we have quite a few resources. Um, The health department offers free acupuncture um, every Tuesday from 5.30 to 6.30. We also uh, have uh, Quit Smoking Charlottesville, which is a support group, offered also by the health department. They meet in the fall and then again in the spring and offer uh, a support group service in addition to some other strategies that uh, people might try. Um, There's uh, Quit Now Virginia, which is a a helpline that they can call and offers free counseling uh, to people who want to quit and they will follow up with them as well. So those are a few of the, the resources that we have.
0: Connie, how long does it take for somebody to get over that nicotine dependence? The nicotine dependence uh,
1: and the withdrawal symptoms usually
0: last about three weeks.
1: Um, So if they can get through those three weeks of crankiness, lack of sleep, headaches, that kind of thing, um, it's really good. I also tell them when I meet with them that the craving for nicotine when you're trying to quit, if you can push through that five to seven minutes, and get through that craving, then you're good to go for a while. Will the craving come back? Absolutely. But if you tell yourself, five to seven minutes, <laughs> I can do anything for five to seven minutes, then you're good to go for a while longer.
0: So then there's the behavioral aspect. That's really one of the more difficult as well, because people have their, their routines. They either go outside or they need something to do with their hands. What do you tell them about that behavioral aspect?
1: Um, well, that's another a challenge that I have to personalize for each of the patients that I work with, um, and, and that's part of that hour I spend with them trying to figure out, is it, you know, uh, the coffee in the morning that's a trigger for you, is it stress, is it um, after every meal you're used to having something in your, your hands. For um, a female patient I work with, it is that kind of inhaling motion with her, her mouth, and so she was able to replace that with lemon drops. Um, I have another person that, uh, actually it's the reaching in his overall pocket and grabbing something and keeping it in his hands, um, that he was missing. So he replaced that with pretzel sticks and, um, salt free pretzel sticks actually, because he had some teeth issues, um, that he was coping with as well. Um, so that he has something in his mouth and can grab something out of his pocket, uh, Pringle sticks works for some people. I have some people with the coffee in the morning that are using the Pepperidge Farm pirouette um, as something in their hand and something to replace that. I have to have something with my coffee feeling. Um, Sometimes it can be as simple as changing the behavior as if you smoke inside, go outside. If you're an outside smoker and that's where you have your cigarette and coffee, then do it inside, changing the habit and creating a new
0: one. So if they've planned how to deal with those urges to smoke and those behavioral issues then, how long does it take somebody, you said three weeks, for those cravings? Behavior as well, is it generally like a three-week kind of time that they have to put up with?
1: Uh, it can be longer. And I, and I should have said from, from the get-go, oftentimes people will try to quit four to five times before it sticks. Um, you know, when you think of nicotine people think of it as being so uh, acceptable socially, but the two most addictive drugs are heroin and crack. Nicotine is number two. Um, so it's very difficult to quit. And I, I tell people I work with all the time, you know, is, is it going to be in three weeks that you're going to feel great and not want it? Probably not. I mean, it takes a long time to change the behavior, to change habits, um, I was speaking with a patient this morning about, uh, I, I learned recently about something called a mini quit um, that he's going to try, which is to try to, to dwindle down the 10 cigarettes he smokes, but also implementing those behavioral things now so that when he gets to his quit date, those are already in place. And when he gets stressed out, he knows what's going to work and what to go to. Um, so it's kind of a process for each person. And I wish there was a you know, in 21 days, you're going to feel great. Um, but it's very individual.
0: And what about the weight gain that people associate with quitting smoking? What do you tell people that are concerned about that?
1: Um, typically, you, you know, science says that on average, um, you might gain up to 10 pounds. And some people don't gain any. I think it's kind of a matter of uh, what Putting in place, if that's something that they're concerned about, making sure that they don't go to food, or if they do, it's something that won't cause weight gain. Um, Also kind of putting it into perspective and saying, you know, if you put on five or six pounds while you're trying to quit, um, the perspective of what health concerns that is versus smoking or using tobacco on a daily basis, which affects every part of your body and is the most preventable cause of cancer that we deal with. So kind of putting it in perspective and helping them come up with some, some strategies that they can use to kind of combat that.
0: And what if they have a slip? What do you tell them about those guilt feelings?
1: I tell them, don't feel guilty. As long as you have a desire, you are never a failure. And I remind them that it is the second most addictive drug and it is hard to stop. And people oftentimes will try four or five times before, um, they are completely successful, but if you have a desire, you are never a failure.
0: And are there some systems like e-cigarettes or any of those kinds of things that you like or approve of? Do you like the patch? Do you, you mentioned Chantrix and Welbutrin. So just for a minute here, speak about some of the ways to quit and the ones that you like and the ones that you don't.
1: Um. So e-cigarettes, I just will say this. I know that when they came out a few years ago, um, they were marketed as uh, a method to help people quit. What we know is that e-cigarettes actually have more nicotine in them than regular cigarettes. And the FDA just is getting involved, as you know, in August. Um, But there is kind of that two-year span where, where they can... People who are, who are selling e-cigarettes have the opportunity to show them what's in them before they kind of make a final decision. But I absolutely do not support that as a way to quit because they actually have more nicotine <laughs> and they weren't regulated. So it was really a big problem. Um, as far as some of the other things, there's the patch, the gum, lozenges, nasal spray, inhalers. And again, I would say it's very individual. Um, I have people that that the gum won't work for because they have dental issues um, that have been caused by either dipping or smoking. So that that isn't a possibility for them. Um, patches work, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of patches if they're used correctly. Um, the idea isn't to put on two patches and still continue to smoke a, a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> With everything, they have to be used um, the way that they were designed. Um, the inhaler and the nasal spray it can, it can work for some people if they're open to that idea. It's really about figuring out um, what each person is going to be okay with. And some people come to me very adamant about, I don't want any medication. I want to be able to do this um, on my own. Okay, I respect that. And then there's other people who are very open to that. So it's really about doing that um, motivational interviewing and figuring out where they're at and what they would be okay with.
0: And how is UVA Health System helping patients quit smoking?
1: Well, here at the Cancer Center, um, they have me now as a full-time person <laughs> who works with all cancer patients um, who have who are dealing with cancer and also um, have tobacco issues. They can be referred to me. Um, I can meet with them as many times as they want, either in person or by phone, follow up with them for as long as they are open to me following up with them. Um, they also have the early detection CT, um, low dose CT scans that they do here, a program, um, that Melissa Stanley, who is a nurse practitioner here, uh, is helping to work with people who smoke to do some early detection so that it doesn't get to the point where it it has caused any kind of cancer. Um, they, I know who's well has a program for employees who have a desire to quit that, they're, that they have implemented here. So I think it's something that they feel very strongly about and are really um, becoming very active um, and proactive in dealing with it.
0: Thank you so much for being with us today, Connie. It's great information and so important for people to hear. You're listening to UVA Health Systems Radio, and for more information, you can go to uvahealth.com. That's uvahealth.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.